Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about the minimum wage. It's going up again. Yes, it's going up again. And, you know, last month when the government announced the cost of living adjustment for public sector workers come April the 1st, we were talking about minimum wage and thought it was unlikely that the government would give people at the bottom end of the pay scale less than yeah. they've just given public servants. And it turns out that's exactly what they gave the minimum wage. So uh, the public sector wage settlement for this year, starting April the 1st, was 6.75%, including a COLA adjustment. And the minimum wage is going up 6.8%, and I don't think that's a coincidence. All right, and what did the Labour Minister have to say about this? Well, I mean, first of all, this is a, a Labour Minister in a Labour-friendly government. So Harry Baines said, you know, you've got workers at the bottom end of the pay scale. They've got to keep up with inflation like everybody else. Uh, the second thing he said was... Uh, Look across the country, he gave us some numbers. Uh, other provinces uh, are doing the same thing. So that seems to be the ballpark settlement uh, for the minimum wage across the country. And that's fair comment. Um, the New Democrats don't make a big deal of this publicly, but they're aware as well that there are businesses out there that are having so much trouble attracting, attracting workers, they're having to offer more than the minimum wage. So there's a bunch of businesses where... This won't come as a shock, and in fact, uh, the new uh, wage rate may not equal what uh, some of their workers are making because uh, there's a huge shortage of workers, businesses that can't operate seven days a week, they can't keep their doors open, they can't find a staff to uh, service the customers. And we should mention here that uh, talking about other provinces, I was just doing a comparison too, and in Ontario, it will be similar. It will be $16.55 in October of this year. Yeah. Yeah, BC's minimum wage lagged under the BC Liberals. There, there were Liberal cabinet ministers who tried to persuade Gordon Campbell to increase the minimum wage a little bit every year to keep up so we didn't have to do a shocking increase at once. And the ministers who argued for that got nowhere with Gordon Campbell. It was, it, there was a lid on it. It started to creep up slowly under Christy Clark. Uh, the New Democrats came in and... They did what labor-friendly governments do. Uh, they increased the minimum wage, and they've been keeping up. So we're now um, near the top. British Columbia is the most expensive province in Canada to live in, so it's not surprising that we're near the top. Um, I know that there are small businesses that will be hurt by this. They've been hit with a lot of taxes and a lot of costs and a lot of other pressures during the pandemic, supply chains and everything else. Um, if they can't figure out a way to pass it on to their customers, they're really going to be hurting. So uh, I understand that, but nobody ever thought this was a business-friendly government, no matter what its rhetoric says when it comes to having to decide. Uh, they go with the workers, and that's what they did here. I do wonder, though, like what businesses out there are even paying the minimum wage these days, that's given the way things are in attracting employee, employees. Yeah. No, good question. And, you know, the... 
even even businesses that pay a fairly good wage are having trouble at, attracting workers uh, yeah. because they they are either looking, especially in Metro Vancouver, at an enormous time-consuming commute to get to work, um, or they're going, you know, lovely place, great city, all kinds of things, good job, can't afford to live there. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we're going to actually be talking more about it coming up on the show, but let's also talk about the housing plan that was announced this week by the government. Yeah, so the Premier rolled out a big housing uh, plan, or he called it a refreshing uh, of the 2018 housing plan that the Horgan government brought in, and it was keyed to this large housing conference organized by Metro uh, Vancouver, um, the UBCM, to discuss housing issues, and there's been a lot of back and forth there. There's also been a lot of back and forth in the legislature. I would say the initial reaction to the Premier's housing plan was relatively positive, but a number of questions, and I guess the first question you're hearing, where's the housing? This is a plan that's laid out over the next five years. It involves legislation that won't be introduced in the House until... Uh, after Thanksgiving. So legitimately, people are saying, where's the housing? And Simi, you're hearing that in connection with the clearing of the downtown east side encampment yesterday. Where's the housing? Provincial government supported that, by the way. That's, That's one reason that happened is because governments were together on side in this going and uh, David Eby and the liberals uh, sorry and the new democrats accepted the argument that those encampments were not safe they were a tragedy waiting to happen and they had to be cleared but you also heard yesterday acknowledging that uh, there's a lot of housing in the works it's not all there yet and it's not clear where all those people are going to end up in the interim. And let's also talk a bit more about some of the details in this plan, too. We heard from the housing minister because he was talking about single-family zoning because that's been a big concern here. Yeah, so the government's bringing in legislation that will allow the provincial government to overrule local government on zoning and that will allow the province to impose, if the municipalities don't go along with it, things like uh, duplexes, triplexes, row housing, and so forth. It's led to speculation to people saying we're seeing the end of the single-family zoning in British Columbia. Housing minister in the House yesterday, Ravi Kalan, insisted, no, 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 you'll still be able to you know, build and own and buy and live in a single-family home, if you can afford it. I guess he didn't say that, but I would. Um, But in the absence of how this legislation is going to work, Simi, you can see why some mayors and councillors are saying, where are we headed here? And you also heard, and I think uh, Richmond's mayor, Malcolm Brody, led this. Is the provincial government really going to impose one-size-fits-all zoning on all of the very diverse and different municipalities in British Columbia? The answer we're hearing on that, Simi, is, well, first of all, wait for the legislation, okay, and no, we're going to work with municipalities to get to this, so they're going to work with municipalities, but... uh, Especially, Simi, in the absence of legislation, you can see why speculation is running rampant. Yeah, I can see why. Now, you're going to have a chance to ask the Premier all about this. The Premier's been very generous in terms of his time. He is going to do a town hall this evening. Um, It'll be 
streamed live on the Vancouver Sun website starting at 7 o'clock. <laughs> 90 minutes, that's a lot of time. So he's being generous with his time. That is I think a lot it's a pretty good guess, Simi, that some of these issues are going to come up along with a lot of others. <laughs> 90 minutes to talk to one politician, yes. that is a lot of time. Yeah, no, it is. I, I'm, one of the things I do want to ask him about is there was an opinion piece published on the Orca site, the online site, by the former head of the public service, um, Don Wright. And he said, he just asked the question, will the federal government's ambitious immigration targets swamp what EB is trying to do with staffing in the healthcare sector, with construction, and with housing? In other words, so many people are moving here, the province can't keep up in terms of family doctors, in terms of building enough housing. It's a good question. Planning to ask the Premier about it. Looking forward to hearing his answer. Yeah, that will be interesting there, too. Like, so they've been talking a lot this week, though, too. But clearly, as we've seen with what happened in the last 24 hours in downtown Vancouver, housing remains the biggest issue. Yeah, it is. Uh, look, it was the deciding issue, I think, for the New Democrats in the 2017 election when Christy Clark lost her legislative majority. She lost it narrowly, but she lost it. I think that was the big issue in that campaign, and promising more affordable housing was a big issue for John Horgan when he, when he had a landslide victory in 2020. So the issue has been around for a while, but I think, you know, fair to say with the voter, they're going to be asking, patience is running out. Where's the housing? Government gave us some numbers this week that I think were highly suspect. So they haven't built, to my way of seeing it, their own numbers nearly as much as they promised. And they haven't kept up. That's the real problem, right? It, it Just keeping up is very, very difficult. Housing is more expensive than ever. Rents are higher than ever. And all kinds of people out there are looking for housing, can't find it at any kind of a price they can afford. That is very true. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.